Let's get going. Hey, everyone. Hold on. Let me not start on the tail of a sense. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. Brian, so then I was telling him that I'm Colin Parker, uh, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene or day by day until the end of time. And I do apologize. I had to sort of throw you under the bus a little bit to keep some of that in because no, I fair. was laughing so hard that I was like, there's no way I'm going to come in and sound yeah. normal. So I was like, so you know, at the end of that. at the end of my brother and my brother, my, mm. yeah. you know, at the end of Movie Bam, when Travis is laughing and he says, and I'm Travis uh, yeah. McElroy, can, like, but it sounds the same every him. time. But yeah. like, it sounds sort of forced. And sometimes I'm like, ugh. And then other times I'm like, no, 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 that's real. Yeah. Anyways, uh, hey, we are back for another scene from Daredevil. Another mm-hmm. day, another Daredevil. Day, dare by another dare, dare another devil. <laughs> that that's a T-shirt. Uh, it is going to be season three, episode nine again. You're going to start at five minutes and forty-two seconds and go through to six minutes and thirty-eight seconds. And here is what happens: Maggie, looking only slightly better, but still as catatonic is still sitting on the couch. Sisters Ellen and Ingrid, along with Father Lantum, who we haven't met before, and we that's it, uh, come to take her to the convent, leaving Jack alone with Matt. Um, so they come collect their, uh, their lost sheep, I guess, Colin, and um, Jack looks sort of... Uh, I don't know, kind of like maybe some of his dreams are sort of uh, going out the door as well, uh, if I may. Mm. What did you think of this scene? I think it's a powerful scene. Yeah, I think it's an intense scene uh, because like for sure, like it's kind of like the thing that I said from from my episode right before this one um, about sort of like the different emotions that he sort of has as he is yeah. picking up the child and sort of like addressing the kid, but then also her, you know? He has right. that in this moment too, where it's like he wants her to be better, right? Like, and be by be better, I mean like feel better to like right. be happy, yeah. you know, sure. to whatever. But there's also kind of like you said, it's like part of his dream of like kind of like just the you know nuclear American family, yeah, walking out the door. I I do think that for sure, even in this very brief time that we've gotten to see them, I think that you can tell that he does love her. Yep, it's not like it was just a you know, flash in the pan. I think there is definite emotion there. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this a little bit last episode, but I think even more so now, like something that Phoenix said about the two of them. Mm-hmm. I think that this also kind of shows still very much something about the future for Matt as well, which is sort of this side of the fighter and the, the religious entity not sitting well with each other right yep or or not they they you know what it is is they could have potentially worked out right however they are not right and i think that's yeah. something that he deals with all the time is needing to be this one side like he can't find the balance between them or right. or a place where they can coexist it's like always i'm leaning too far into one side or too far into the other side right. um but getting back to this one though uh yeah, I've, I think it's very clear that he's heartbroken by it. And like, despite her being very clearly kind of destroyed in some way, the fact that she turns back and looks mm-hmm. and she's mostly still kind of, like you said, kind of catatonic, 
you can see, I don't know, like maybe regret is the word for it. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't think regret for having the kid. Right. Clear, but I think it is regret that like that it could. This have is how it out. worked out. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Um, but like it is a little bit of like a, I have to I have to do this or it'll yep. kill me kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I think that that it's the right move. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, it's a tragic right move mm-hmm. sort of deal yeah um, um, it's also yeah. interesting I will say is like it's been like I guess overall like what a year a year or yeah Maybe a year and a half yeah 10 well uh, about about let's say about a year okay because you know it's 10 10-ish months nine and a half to 10 months for pregnancy right and the kid is newish, so um, yeah, I'd say about a year. Yeah, so it's been about a year, and I will say Ingrid and um, Ellen, Ellen, thank you, uh, have like it's weird. Like I don't want to say like they've grown significantly necessarily, but you can tell that they've also like aged a little bit. Yeah, which is fascinating. Like I mean, like I, right. I think they, they again, evolved. Yeah, I mean that's it's kind the, of what the it Pokemon is. Pokemon of yeah. evolution. Yeah, it's like I mean, yeah. it's part of it is probably also the garb, like what they're yeah. wearing, I think helps with that a little bit to kind of make them look a little bit more mature, you know. Yeah. Um but like it's just interesting to sort of see it's almost like the world continued on without her in a way. Yeah. And she kind of still like despite looking ill, she still looks right. so youthful. Yep. In, you know, in all of this. And like they look as though they are continuing. I mean, they don't look old to be clear i just mean they don't look right. they don't look super young anymore is the is what i'm getting at i think when i think the habits removing the hair from the picture that does is yeah. a big is a big deal i think it, it it kind of it's actually interesting to see like sort of the practical things that mm-hmm. the habit is doing in terms of like in a very sort of um uh i want to say the right word um, burka sort of way like a sort of mm. fully well, yeah. covered kind of deal um it is kind of an equality thing right like no one yeah. can be looked at in any one way because like they all should effectively look the same right. but what is also interesting is that like it's also you know again it's 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 the headwear but also like the clothing because like yeah. when you're in the sort of like civilian kind of skirt for lack of a better term I mean, yeah. I guess it's still technically a, a dress, in a way. and I guess it's it's like a long skirt, because um, yeah. yeah, it's not a, not a dress. A dress would be one piece, but like, um, you know, like what they were wearing when they were walking around town makes them look younger. So yep. now they're in like you know kind of sleek black, uh, but and also there's something about their faces that is also different, and part of it I think is also confidence. Like they were not comfortable, right, with where they were when we last saw yeah. them, and, and if I may. This is all filmed at the same time, so they've done an actual really great job of being like, "Yeah, this is novitiate, and this is a year in sort right. of deal." Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, just real quick, the yeah. uh, the dates that we have from the MC Wiki are, um, we saw them sort of about to make Matt on uh, April sixteenth, nineteen eighty four, and uh, this is uh, April twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five. So it's like within a week of a year for mm. just the way it worked out by the, the MCU wiki's sort of sure. uh, calculations. Yeah. Um, so, and that, I mean, that makes sense too. Cause like Matt is like still like a fresh baby, but is not like, you know, 
Yeah. You know, I don't know. I couldn't think of a, a, a term here to use, but like, he's not, he's, an, he's not like yeah. mobile, you know, he's an infant, but not a newborn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I mean, and it's, it's so funny too. Cause again, like the concept, I know we say it all the time, but the idea of like having knowledge of the future mm-hmm. paints things so interestingly because like father Lantum being there, like to, yeah. to a newcomer, like again, watching it in this order, you're just kind of like, who the hell is this man? Right. And yet, right. if you're like a big time daredevil guy, you know, you're like, there he is. Same as always, literally never aging a day. You right. know, but then it's also just like, age. of course he's there, you know, like in helping, like, you know, yeah. of course he would. Like it's, it's Father Lantum. You know, and then of course right. again, new people are like, who? Right. You know. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um. Actually, my only other notes are about uh, Father Lantum. So oh, that's well, actually a great let's, transition. Let's do the Father Lantum notes then. Um. I have... A, like I was going to save this for when we meet him in a more substantial named way, mm-hmm. but the in the comics that I found is so short and so shockingly not Daredevil related, <laughs> Daredevil related that sure. I'd like to do it now. Go for and it. then I'll do an Avengers ensemble, and then we'll get out of here. So Father Lantum is in the comics in no way associated with Daredevil. <laughs> Father Lantum was a priest running the latest in a series of churches where Cloak and, Dadder, Cloak and Dagger resided. When Cloak was accused of attacking Dagger, Cloak sought the aid of the runaways in Los Angeles, bringing them to New York. Father Lantum looked after Molly Hayes, the youngest of the runaways, while the bigger kids searched for Cloak's imposters. imposter. And that is in uh, episodes, I believe, 9 through 12 of the second volume of Runaways. Um, I don't think... I know that Cloak and Dagger and Runaways have a crossover in the shows. I don't believe Father Lantum is in. I know. I no. I know that for a fact because he's not. It's not listed in his IMDb, which I did look up for Avengers Ensemble. So Father Lantum is played by uh, a man with, uh, by my to my eyes, a very Irish name of Peter McRobbie. And um, he was in three episodes of Clarice, which I believe is uh, a Silence of the Lambs uh, property. Uh, Two episodes of Gotham. Three episodes of The Alienist, which is funny because it sounds like it's like an X-Files sort of deal. But an alienist is uh, performed autopsies back in uh, like the 1900s. So uh, an alienist. Uh, Two episodes of The Blacklist. Uh, He was in Spider-Man 2 as an Oscorp representative. Uh, he was in two episodes of The Sopranos. He was in the Samuel L. Jackson version of Shaft that I definitely saw in the theater with my uh, dad and stepmom, uh, possibly you know, ill-advisedly. I don't remember it. I remember enjoying it quite a lot, but like, I don't know if I would show my kids that. Um, now, maybe. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again. And then he was executive number three in the movie Big with Tom Hanks. So... I guess one of the people that was like, who's this guy? And why does he seem like a child who has been made big by some sort of uh, festival or fair attraction? Perhaps Zoltar? I don't know. And then Tom Hanks' character's like, wait, what'd you say? And then the guy's like, gotta go. (laughs) Remember that part of Big? Yeah. Yeah. So that is P- you, Peter McRobbie. Like he got big, 
Yeah. Well, this is this is your brother, Brom Banks. <laughs> Listen to this. Brom Banks, didn't he write uh, Dracula takes out a savings account? Dracula forms an IRA or <laughs> makes a Roth IRA. Right. I want to invest my money. I want to invest in a largely, uh, dr- wait, shit, hang on, what's the word of In a uh, diverse folder. <laughs> I stock at night. Oh, sorry. I buy stocks at night. Right. <laughs> what is the chance that the stock market open later? I don't know. I'm getting slightly <laughs> more Boratish, but like the idea of him being like, no daytime trading, only nighttime. <laughs> Let's just say I have a lot at stake here. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Uh, nothing. Or they, or they say that he's like, should I invest in Apple? Right, like in you know in the eighties, and they go, well, I don't know, it's kind of high stake. <sighs> oh, what, what, what did I say? <laughs> Jesus, dude! Foolish human. Oh God, typical stock guy. <laughs> it's a good subversion of the joke. Thanks. Uh, that's oh, all that I have, oh, though. That's right. <laughs> oh. Uh, great. Well, James. D- I, Colin, I need you to come pick me up and take me out. I was out just of here. about to say, I was gonna say, James, should I, should I gently take us out of here? Yeah, and, yeah. You know, like a bad habit. <laughs> uh Maggie can't quit the church. You can take the Maggie okay. out of the church, but you can't take the church out of Maggie. Which is basically what happened. You can put the baby in Maggie and you can certainly take it out. You can put the boxer in Maggie. But you Uh-huh. <laughs> but you have to take him out because she's got to go back to the church. I just recently watched the movie Spotlight, so I have sure. a bunch of bad on inappropriate jokes. Yes, uh, no, I, so I'm with you. Let's I've, get out I've of seen, here. I've seen uh <laughs> it's anyway. Good movie. It's a good movie. It's also a good play. Is it? Yeah. Play based on movie, movie based on play? I believe the the movie is based on the play, which I think is not called Spotlight. I believe it's called something else. Thank you for joining us here on Timeline Scavengers. We will catch you on the next one. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm James Anderson. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Excelsior. <laughs> That's good. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.